Hello and welcome to the Stratford East podcast. We're still fully in Equus mode here at Stratford East and in this episode we're interviewing two more members of the Equus company, movement director Shelley Maxwell and performer Ira Mandela Siobhan who plays Nugget. They'll be talking about the movement in the show, particularly how they went about recreating the movement of horses on stage. We also interviewed actors Ethan Kai and Nora Lopez Holden on the last episode of the podcast, so make sure you listen to that one as well. If you want to discover more about Equus, head over to our website where there are loads of videos with director Ned Bennett, as well as insights into the rehearsals. Before we chat with Shelley and Ira, as always, you can get in touch with us if you've got any questions or comments about Equus or about anything Stratford East related. Email us at podcast at stratfordeast.com or tweet us at Stratford East. Equus is a co-production with English Touring Theatre and finishes its run here at Stratford on Saturday the 23rd of March before going out on tour. You can get your tickets online at stratfordeast.com. I am joined by Ira and Shelley. Hi guys. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Really, really well, thank Great. you. And we are going to talk a bit about the movement in Equus. So my first question is, how did you approach the movement? What were your initial ideas for the for the piece? Uh, well, for me, I basically started exploring stuff with my own body uh, in my flat. Uh, and then in studio as well, trying to figure out my approach to what the horses were going to be like. Uh, it was going to be the first time that the horses were being done without masks. Um, so without that restriction, I kind of wanted to ensure that it was something that would yield a very realistic result without going into the, the world of kind of making it pantomime. Um, so yeah, I was just kind of exploring stuff on my body and then having a wonderful kind of R&D session with the actors when they got casted uh, to see whether or not what I did made any sense or if it was completely and utter rubbish. I mean, I think like from our starting point uh, in that little R&D day, so before the, the rehearsals actually started officially, um, there's kind of a lot of exploring that happened and a lot of things that I kind of went, oh, that doesn't work, mm. or that looks a little bit better. So it was very informative doing that to then have a starting point when we did go into rehearsals. Yeah, I, I kind of watched a few kind of videos with my daughter um, whilst I was <laughs> looking after her, because I knew she loved watching horses. Um, so I watched a few horses on documentaries just to get a sense of how they moved and what are the possibilities of their movement um but i didn't want to do too much i just want to get a sense of them rather than and uh, familiarize myself with horses rather than other types of animals um but i didn't want to get too stuck down because i want i knew that when i get into the studio and working with shelley that i didn't want to come with my own um preconceptions of how we're going to do the movement and be open to things changing all the time. But he felt like it got to, we were, even that first day was about elimination as well. So eliminating the things that go, right, that doesn't work. Okay, that doesn't work. That's too far of imitating a horse rather than feeling like you're embodying uh, the sense of a horse. And um, Shelley was making the, the point the first day of trying to kind of yeah, find the essence of a horse 
and how we can not we're not trying to our bodies aren't the same so how how do you how do you give it an essence of it rather than going right I'm gonna really try to do exactly the yeah, same exactly. you know I think a big thing for me was I kept some kind of emphasizing that we weren't trying to go literal with the movement um, we wanted to definitely look at it in a very abstract way again um, thinking about what the essence is of the animal and how we can translate that into movement without taking ourselves too seriously and becoming, you know, trapped in the literal. Mm. Definitely. It feels like it was a, um, a tight line to walk between, like, we don't want it to be so obvious that it's yeah. a horse. Mm-hmm. You want to catch that essence. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of a current theme running throughout Ned's work, like Ned the director particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how was that collaborative process? How did that work? Ned is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was my first time working with him and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, he's a very free spirit and he has a very open and creative mind just bursting with ideas and he actually encourages you to pursue all the different ideas that you might have and by doing that and making the process so open then we we find those gems that you go you can lock into and go there's something there and you can further kind of develop that Um, so it was really a really powerful and intense process at times Um, the actors were phenomenal, and I can talk, I guess, more on that, um, with regards to just throwing themselves at it every day, devising, because um, it's a heavily devised piece by the ensemble, um, and they were just kind of given tasks by Ned or by myself, and they would then meet it with lots of energy and fervor. Mm. Like, the, the, for instance, I think it was the second or third day, Ned was like, right, we're going to run the whole show. Um, wow, on the second uh, yeah, day. Everyone had learned their lines beforehand, okay. um, but obviously we've not done any staging. No, any, so if you weren't in the scene, you could still be in the scene representing whatever you want to represent and to add to the scene. And so we'd only done like a, one, I think one session by that time or two sessions with Shirley about the horses. Um, so when we did that, the, the, the play was anything's possible. So again, it was it was giving us the opportunity to go right, getting everything out that we might want to think about what ideas we might have, um, and going right, does that work? And so Shelley can see what works, what doesn't work, um, and that was that was really liberating um, to go right, okay. And also, what ended up happening is you don't really know these people, and you're getting really intimate really quickly because you're just. In, in the scenes mm-hmm. so that was really good because that broke loads of barriers down straight away so then it was kind of like and also it's set up by Ned to go you can throw anything out and it's accepted and so I think that uh, set a precedent for everyone to go not sh- not um, censor themselves and go oh I want to say that but I feel like I can't because I think it'll get shut down it's actually you put something out and you go right, yeah yeah try it and you're like oh great and so then it encourages you all the time. And we did it all the way up. Not even not even the first show. Like, we did it all the way through previews. We were doing it. And cha- going, oh, what about this idea? What about this idea? And for me, that that is an amazing way to work. And it's, it's, it's um, ideal for everyone. Um, not just for the actors feeling like they've got a voice. 
but also for Shelley and, and all the creative the team. Yeah. Because they're going, well, yeah, give me that idea. Give Absolutely. me that idea. You know, so then, so then we're both all bouncing off each other and everyone feels like they're contributing a lot and you're getting the best work. And he's trusting the people in the room. Yeah, that creative safe space sounds so important for this mm. this sort of ensemble work that you, that you've all created. And I think the the audience really buy into that, and mm. they really they really feel that as well. And they it's this weird scenario where they feel separate from the work, but they also feel like they're being pulled into it really okay. slowly. That's something yeah, yeah. that you guys must have worked on. Yeah, and I hope that, and I do think that theatre is going more this way as well. Where it's not there isn't the there is more that creative in the room mm. and how it how how you actually get um, a, a creative to with everyone um, like and even it goes down to the tiniest things like Ned saying even you know like um, stage management come and play in the games it changes the room and the only other person I've kind of really done that was with um, Sally Cookson she's got the same ethos. So it makes for a really collaborative environment yeah. and in all the conversations that I've had external to the play that's the one thing that I kind of carried through is how heavily we all kind of were collaborating together like Ari said across the board actors through to creatives and it wasn't like a great divide um, and it was just constant because it was constant changing and, and exploring new things and even with the early days um, that Iron mentions about them kind of doing this massive improvised stagger through. It was so informative for me watching because they're kind of finding themselves and, and um, like Iris said, you haven't even kind of made these relationships yet. But for me watching, I'm seeing what they're willing to do and to explore with their bodies, mm -hmm. how far they, they want to push themselves um, and what's coming out of their mind and then feeding in as well into the room and into their bodies um, and even some of the things that I eventually ended up using and, and pulling on came from that first exploration. That's incredible, yeah. that, that creating that a space where you're allowed to be vulnerable mm -hmm. yeah. it kind of like reflects in that story of um, Dysart and Alan kind of trying to find that vulnerability so yeah, he can open yeah. up. Yeah. That's a really interesting atmosphere yeah. to create. Yeah. Um, where where do you stop then if you're constantly <laughs> changing and you're like, oh this idea could work, that idea could work, and well, you're like, well actually this we do. Funny thing because <laughs> I, do, do you stop? Do you, <laughs> you stop? Because <laughs> yeah. this is going on tour, will other venues get a completely different show? No, I think I think that now there's there's obviously a structure to the show, um, but I'd like to believe that if there is um, a life beyond this tour of it that we would go back to it and we would look at things and, and see how you can improve on or explore in a different way. And I'd like to believe that Ned is of that kind of yeah, school of thought, yeah. um, which I think is brilliant as well, because this is our kind of, as a team and with this body of actors, this is our first punch at it. Um, and you know, you're always kind of restricted by your rehearsal schedule and your, your tech schedule. What if you had more time? What if we did? maybe the, sh the show would look completely different than what it does now. Because I think even being a choreographer in like contemporary dance world, um, I've created work again uh, to time constraints where at the end of the day it, it looks great and I feel good about it, mm -hmm. but there's still things that I go if I had more time away. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And I think with this, 
there's potential and scope to do even more with mm-hmm. it. And as it stands, it's beautiful. From a movement perspective, um, I would love to delve into it even more. Mm-hmm. I think what we have now is a good start, vocabulary-wise, um, exploring the essence of, of what a horse is. But we could you know, delve even further and deeper with it and really just go into the belly of it some more. Yeah. That's just me being greedy. But then I acknowledge that right now, Equus as it stands is a wonderful structure. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful show. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. at a point where we're, we're happy, but you know, you never know. There's always more. There's always more. Yeah, that's yeah. What were your um, preconceptions of the show when you first signed on to it? Were you, did you have an idea of what, what Equus, because everyone thinks they know what Equus is, mm-hmm. and then they watch it and they're like, oh, that is not what I thought. Yeah. Did you Did you guys have that? Uh, for me, I, I hadn't seen any of the productions, which I thought was a really positive thing mm. as a choreographer. Um, and I hadn't watched the film. And when I read the script, I thought it was a brilliant script. I fell in love with it. Such a brilliantly written play. Um, and I definitely, at that point, didn't want to go and, and watch any of the productions that I had done before on archive or or to see the film because I wanted to just approach it with fresh eyes um, and therefore I had kind of no preconceptions because in, in our conversations with Ned he was so open and kind of uh, had this vision that he had in mind but again it was kind of like this is what I'd like to do but I'm not quite sure yet which is great ground to be on um, I did do a bit of research with regards to former productions and what the horses wore and the the masks and the shoes that they had on with the lifts and kind of seeing kind of snippets and images and little video clips of of what people had done before just so I could then put that in my mind as that is what they did before and that's what I'm going to try to work against. Mm. Um, Not in a bad way but just kind of I wanted to give myself the freedom to formulate something new. No, totally. I think a lot of people can respect that as well. And it's nice to have, it's nice to be allowed to do a new version. Yeah. Because this is the first production where we've been allowed to change things. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, you can yeah, make. yeah, it's really it's cool. my show. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have preconceptions. Did you, have you seen any of the... I hadn't seen anything, but I, when I, I kind of, when I, when I read the play, I was re- I thought it was great, and then I then I watched the film, I, and then I saw images because I wanted to see, you know, how the horses were played and stuff. So I started looking at images, and that actually put me off. And I had I had a recall, and actually I was like, I do I want to do this? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I was I was I was like, and just it looks for me. I know it's a personal thing, but I think that. It, it felt quite dated and so then I watched the film and and I really like watching films before I do plays if there is a film version one because I'm I, um, very um, I have um, photographic memory so it's really good for me because I'm severely dyslexic it's really good for me to have imagery even though and, and not not add the play but it's like a, a different format if you see what I mean so it's really helpful for me um, but then, then when I went to do the recall, 
Um, and Ned was like, basically, like, oh, we want to not have the heads. And blah, blah, blah. then I was just like, <gasps> that's when I got really excited. I was like, okay, this is a challenge. And, and then he showed me images of like Pina Bausch. And, you know, I was like, okay, this is really exciting of the, the kind of way he wants to go with this. Um, and I was just excited about him, it, you know, it, he's, the way that he approached the auditions and stuff. Um, so yeah, my I went on a journey was kind of like went from one place and then by the end and and kind of and then with the hot with the play with the actual written play and Ned's kind of vision for it and put together I was like this is genius this is gonna mm -hmm. be amazing with all the in betweens of that I wasn't interested of where it's been before. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because the the images that you're you're talking about. Uh, it gives you an emotive quality, doesn't it? And I think the success of the show is that you get that same exact emotive quality. But I'd like to think that it's quite atmospheric. And I think, because uh, when I saw the set design, which was Georgia Lowe's design, fell in love with it, the simplicity mm, yeah, of it. Beautiful. You know, but just the, the language that it already suggests, these white curtains, um, was beautiful. And sitting down with Ned and hearing all these ideas, um, and with the lighting designer and with the uh, composer as well. Um, but just to have that marriage of people just coming together to create something that is atmospheric mm. and does give that emotive quality that you will find in the images that Ned had, but we didn't necessarily translate them in a very literal way. Even watching the, when we did the first run through in the studio, and you got these, these curtains, and you just, you just have one person walking out, one person walking in, and then just walking in and being in a different scene, you completely buy it. Mm. It's like you don't need, you didn't need the set to go with the each each scene. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love, I absolutely loved and using how you can use the curtains and how you can change the space with, you know, what you've got. And that's so exciting because it's like, again, creatively, you have to push through barriers to find, same with the horse. You, you kind of go, oh, I want to do lots of movement because that's what I'm used to doing, you know, kind of playing around and trying to find new movement. But actually with the restriction of not being out, being in a kind of incline and not being able to like really go crazy and move, I had to then find what could, what can I find? As it then more smaller details started coming through in the horse mm. um, and actually finding things that, you know, like horses, a fly comes onto a horse and they do a little twitch or, mm. Their the, the shoulder, shoulders still move and still, you know, kind of have that rotation. So it was like finding those things, and we found it in the room. And as pre and that stable previews, trip as well, because going to the stables made us realize how still yeah, horses, horses really were. Are. So sometimes the head going down yeah. and side to side, the head moved quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the bodies don't, no. unless you take them out, run, like walking or exactly, yeah, or lunging or wherever. Yeah. Be. But um, but yeah, that was quite an informative day, I think, for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely feeling with the movement as well. I want to talk a bit about how you both got into the arts. So I, I'm from Jamaica. I was born in Jamaica and I, I grew up there. And I started dancing when I was about six. Uh, more kind of like a pastime hobby thing. Um, but my family's quite artsy, playwrights, uh, sculptors, um, musicians. So I've always kind of felt a pull to that and I grew up kind of watching musicals like the MGM musicals on TV 
because at the time we only had one television station in Jamaica and it only signed on like at six and was off at nine. Um, so whatever came on the screen, you took it. So as a kid, it was, it was all these old MGM musicals and I fancied myself somewhat of a musical theater darling um, from as a kid, uh, not realizing where my journey was gonna take me. Uh, but yeah, so dance kind of stayed with me through to my teens and I ended up going to dance school. Uh, and decided that it was going to be my career and then kind of went into the world of contemporary dance uh, and had a career doing that, fell into musical theatre um, and then kind of segued into the other side of it which is being a choreographer and a movement director um, and loving every minute of it and being very thrilled and happy that I actually did not pursue my degree to become an actuarial scientist which is what I had started at university <laughs> before I dropped out and went to dance school. Wow. Um, so yes, I could be working in insurance and doing lots of kind of permutations and combinations and such formulas, but instead I find myself now sitting with you two talking about Equus, which is great. Mm. Um, how did I get into, well, my mum was very much into the arts. Um, and as I was said before, I'm severely dyslexic, so I was like brought up in, um, I was born in Sheffield and then I moved out to a place called Penniston, which is like basically in the middle of nowhere near in a Barnsley district in the countryside. Um, and as a basically, um, what I say now, person of colour, would basically end no one else, everyone else was white. Um, and so I dealt with racism and the fact that I'm severely dyslexic, so I had no confidence. So my mum basically pushed me to do anything, dance, um, football, karate. So literally I, had, I did everything throughout the week, which I had, I, that basically built on my confidence and I had an ability for, for these um, physical things. Um, so that's kind of the start of my journey of kind of going into sport and then I did sport and dance and then I did, I did like musical, like bits of musicals and stuff like this and then get um, doing um, a GCSE in um, contemporary dance and then from there um, I did one year at Northern School Contemporary Dance when I finished school um, and I had to make a decision between basketball and dance. Um, and I actually fell in love with the training of dance, how hard it was. And then I was there for five years. Um, and then from there, yeah, then I went into, then I got my first job with DBA um, out of college. Um, and then did touring and then met Shelley in a musical. <laughs> um, we worked on Fella together at the National. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then I was doing lots of you know I, I was going back up and because I, I went to DBA and I was playing characters and I fell in love with playing characters, I was like oh I want to do this, but I also feel like I hadn't actually done what I what I wanted to do with my training, so I didn't actually do full on contemporary dance. And then I went to Richard Alston, got that out of the way, and then I went back to DBA, and then I, then I went into more acting, theatre, um, productions, um, and want to push push the actual um, acting. Are you, 
you're just waiting for like a basketball musical. <laughs> no. I don't know about a musical. Um, you just like kill all their birds. <laughs> yeah. Basketball film would be great. Yeah, basketball film. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit up Mr. Iron. For people who are not in the industry, or for people in the industry as well, how would you describe the difference between a choreographer and a movement director? And is there one? For me, I always, I consider myself a facilitator. So I'm a facilitator of a vision, whoever's vision that is. Um, but it could be my vision if I'm the choreographer, if I'm doing contemporary dance choreography or something like that. Or it's a director's vision in the realms of theatre and a play. Um, but a movement director versus a choreographer, I think that's quite an interesting kind of idea. Um, in theatre, particularly in theatrical plays, the term movement director is used quite a lot, and I think that's the term that's utilised with working with actors, like, um, and in essence, directing movement. And that movement can be uh, staging or blocking, shifting of bodies in space. Um, it can go into gestural language, into the physicality and embodiment of characters, whereas choreography, um, just using that, that word in the span of it, kind of feels more like uh, establishing movement sequences, creating something that can feel sometimes quite external. Um, for me, I try to marry it. If I'm ever asked to do choreography within a play, it needs to serve the story. It needs to feel as if it is in line with the thread that's happening throughout. Uh, if it is kind of a surreal moment of jump cut dance scene, mm. then that's also fine mm. and great. But I think it's just knowing how to utilize both tools to, to always serve the vision and serve the story. Mm. It's also, it, it, I was just thinking it feels a similarity between someone saying a dancer and a mover. And I and I find it, I I sometimes find the word dancer very hard to deal with because of the connotations it has with it. Um, but I do like like choreography. I would go. I would still accept it and go. Okay, this is a dance bit, and I'm being a dancer within this, or I'm a move within within this. Do you see what I mean? So I think there is the, that's kind of a similarity there. I think. What advice would you give to? younger people starting out either as dancers or movers or choreographers or movement directors? There's so much advice you can give us there. <laughs> Don't do it, um, No, no, do it, do it, do it, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I know it's cliche, but I believe always follow your dreams um, because that's what you're passionate about. And if you, if you go with your passion, then success is yours. Um, what is success and how you measure it, I think, you know, everyone has a different way of looking at it. For me, success is following something through to the point where you feel happiness about it and you feel like you have an accomplishment. And whether that is doing uh, an exam, GCSEs, and getting a grade in, in A-level dance, or whether it is doing that audition and making it not even to the end, but past the first round. That's an accomplishment alone. Turning up on the day is an accomplishment. So to those of the up-and-coming generation, I would say graft. Graft at your craft. Can't believe I just said that. <laughs> We're going to get badges, mate. Graft at your craft. It's a good badge. Um, it's not easy. It's hard work. So it's not just like a, a, a playing ball in the park. You have to put in the work. 
And if you do put in the work and you, you follow that as well with the passion behind it, um, know that you're gonna have lots of moments of self-doubt. Um, I stopped dancing for about two years when I was uh, in my early 20s because I had reason to go, what are you doing? This is crazy. Can you make a living from it? And I didn't have a support network of people going, absolutely, of course you can. I had lots of people going, no, you need to go to school and become a doctor. You need to go and study or you need to get a degree in something other than dance because it's a hobby. Um, but thankfully, I'm a very strong individual. So I just kept on going and believing myself. Self-belief, so important. Um, and again, if it makes you happy, then keep going with it. It is hard. But keep going because being in the arts is always a blessing. We get to kind of explore our artistic side, creating stories that have impact on people. You get to put that on stage um, and it resonates with people, whether it makes them feel happy if you go to watch um, a musical that you love and you leave with a big smile on your face, or if you come to watch something like Equus that leaves you then thinking about things, about the world of psychiatry and, and the 70s versus now and um, you know what it means to be a young person and, and mental illness and a whole barrage of issues then that's great you know we're supposed to be doing edutainment it's education and entertainment in one and what a way to do it um, with yourself mm -hmm. as an artist as your body um, and I'll, I'll let Ira give you yeah, his passion. No, no, yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I, from what you've just gone, just said then about the, about for me the learning between every project that I do, um, and I'll keep going on about it, but because I was, I am severely dyslexic and at, at school, I basically felt like I missed out on so much learning, so I feel like the way that I get was getting taught at school is not the way I learn. So I start to learn about myself and how I learn. And my biggest learning is through doing theatre and doing plays and doing like your like Shelley was talking about, subject matters, like from deviate learning about, you know, homosexuality and and the the kind of um atrocities with 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 that and homophobia around the world and um, how religion gets you know into that and it goes on and on and on and, I, and that was my my first kind of at 20 learning all this information and I'm doing it and I'm listening to the interviews and I'm these real people and I'm actually expressing it on stage to other people come off stage and people are crying going this is this is affecting me so much you're actually saying what my story is and you get that feedback and you have, and that has a whole chain reaction. And to have to be able to learn that and then give that out is amazing. I think that to be able to be in a space and play around with people, meet new people and, and actually be a kid again, because it keeps you fresh. It keeps you renewing yourself all the time. And when I look at my daughter and go, oh my God, look at the play. And I've got to be a responsible one here. And you know, in those situations, and then I go to work and then I'm a kid. And it's like, how much of a joy is that? How lucky am I to, to let all those problems go? Or when I'm on stage, or all the issues that you might have, you can let them go for that time. And that's why I love being on stage and performing. Um, yeah.
so I would say if you if you do love it, mm. it is it is worth the, the you know all the put downs, yeah. the kind of comparing your your success, however you see success, you know, and kind of going what is your journey and keep is that the main thing for me was just keep learning and knowing what I want and what you want will always change. Mm. But the biggest thing I felt like on the last note, the biggest thing that I felt like was really really useful was my first day at college, we got given a sheet and it basically said, what are your two year goals? What's your five year goals? What's your 10 year goals? And I've used that for the rest of my life so far with my wife. We have um, a five year goal, two year goal and a 10 year goal and we go back to it and we've got it notated. And the best thing about that is it's a goal. And even if it goes off track, you still have something to go towards. And so I keep on renewing it. And I think that's really been really useful. I think the wonderful thing about theatre is that you come to watch something and and you revel in how fantastic it is. Um, and you leave going, oh, that was amazing. But I think also behind the scenes, you know, the part of it is, is the blood, sweat and tears that, that goes into making it seem effortless um and also the blood sweat and tears that goes into the maintain maintenance of it so in the this play i think there's a lot of physicality not just from um those playing the horses but from the entire cast um especially ethan who plays alan mm. um and you know i have to give uh my hats off to him because he's doing a plethora of movement, yeah. not being a, a dancer trained per se. Um, and he approached everything with such gusto, alongside Ira and Keith, who are more the, the dancing moving bodies in it. Um, and the things that he is now doing on stage, coming from that rehearsal room, I mean, it makes me just like swell with pride mm -hmm. how well he's doing it. Um, but again, it comes back to the discipline of it, and being in the room and, and, and the sense of play and trying new things. So to like the the young up and comings who are listening in, mm. just be really open, you know, and, and I think don't limit yourself ever by saying I can't mm. because you don't know unless you try. And I whereas you have your goals, I'm always kind of checking myself to go, don't don't say no because you haven't tried or mm -hmm. you know, well you haven't done that yet, so how do you know if you like it or not? Mm -hmm. So I try to be extremely explorative, and like Ira, also have a young one who checks me as well, because I've been like, but you haven't tried that, so how do you know you actually mm -hmm. don't like it when it comes to food? Mm -hmm. And she throws that right back at me, and she's like, but mommy, you didn't try it, so how do you know? Um, so yeah, you know, you never know until you do, so I'd say keep doing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you for talking to me. A big thank you to Ira and Shelley for chatting with us. If you want to see their incredible movement with your own eyes, then head over to stratfordeast.com and get booking. The show closes here next week on Saturday the 23rd of March. Feel free to get in touch with us with any questions or comments. Perhaps you can tell us the difference between a movement director and a choreographer. Either way, email us at podcast at stratfordeast.com or send us a tweet at stratfordeast. 
In our next episode, we'll be talking about Pilot Theatre's Noughts and Crosses, which comes to us next month, so stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening.